Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm really glad you're here. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. I didn't leave you a room for, to say good morning back. Good morning. That's better. That's better. Sorry, I just talked. I keep going. Because people keep handing me things. They're like, duh, duh, duh. Okay, this, uh, let's see if I remember everything. Okay, first of all, Edson, this guy right here, he's transferring his membership down to our church. And Session said, hey, does anybody else want to become a member? I made a sign-up sheet. If anybody's been on the fringe or isn't a member already or knows of somebody that might be interested, we'll sign them up. <laughs> it reminds me, a couple of days ago, I signed up a couple friends for... Uh, to receive catalogs in the mail. Anyway, but if so, if you think of somebody that wants to be a member and then just sign them up, give them, give them my, give me their cell phone, I'll call them and I'll ask them, hey, you want to become a member of Presbyterian Church of the Covenant? And it'd be awkward if, if anyway, the age minimum, what is the age minimum? Well, we got, I think with youth, we're supposed to do a confirmation type deal. Like we're supposed to do a couple weeks or something like that. Yeah. But, Jen, you became a member. Remember that? That's cool. All right. Just waking everybody up. Is everybody feeling? I'm feeling very, very excited. It's a, I feel like the Holy Spirit met me early this, this week. Because lately, just a little window into me. Lately, the Spirit's been showing up late, in my opinion, for, to give me my sermons. Uh, this one came earlier in the week, and I've, it's just been trying to burst out. And I've already told it to like six or seven people. So if you're one of those people, okay, you're going to hear it again. Um, 7.30 tonight, there's a partial lunar eclipse. If you want to know more about the eclipse... Steve Atkins is our man, and he's got these little note cards if you want. It's got a 735, there's a moonrise, partial eclipse, 830 to 950, it's a full eclipse, lunar eclipse, and then 950 to 11 p.m., it's a partial eclipse. There's going to be a full moon at 11 p.m., so that's the whole situation, but that's all written on this card just in case you have a short-term memory loss like myself. Um, End of the month, we have our Casa del Ferreira. We are partying with them. They have invited us at 3.30 for barbecue back at the church. Um, I recommend anybody show up because there's some phenomenal cooks in that local outpost of the kingdom. Also, the next week, we're back-to-back partiers. We're back-to-back celebrators. Summer's here. Pause for a second. Congratulations to all the graduates, right? There's all kinds of graduations going on. Um, and Stephanie Atkins is one of those. I, I've, anyway, I've yet to celebrate her fully. That's exciting. And so then June 5th, we're doing a cornhole competition. And the youth is putting it on, Student Ministries, Haven. And that's June 5th. That's also Pentecost, the birthday of the church. And so it's going to be a big Sunday. And there may or may not be a fountain on the stage that has fire in it as well. But uh, we'll pray about that, everybody. Um, Anything else? Yes. I'm holding this fellowship pad so I won't forget. There's fellowship pads, and we're going to be 
passing the offering plate as well. There's these wipes all over the place. They're all in the hymnals. If you need to wipe off anything, if you think that something, yeah, just wipe everything. Uh, yeah. I remember on my first international flight, I was a younger person, and they handed me a hot towel, and I was like, what's that about? So I started washing my pits and stuff, and they're like, no, that's not what that's about. <laughs> I was, yeah, anyway, that's a different day. On that note, yeah, it is before. I, would, I couldn't leave the house in the shirt I, was, I had picked out. Uh, just that's just FYI. I don't have authority over my own out wardrobe. Uh, let's pause for a second. And recognize um, the people to your right and the people to your left are for you. This is a family. This is a church family. And if this is the first time back or the first time in a while, glad you're here. But we come here not even for that community. We come here for an audience of one. And that one is the triune God that we worship. So please stand. And our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 148. I'm going to be reading from the first four verses out of the Passion Translation. It says, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Let the skies be filled with praise and the highest heavens with the shouts of glory. Go ahead, praise Him, all you His messengers. Praise Him some more. All you heavenly hosts, keep it up, sun and moon. Don't stop now, all you twinkling stars of light. Take it up even higher, up to the highest heavens, until the cosmic chorus thunders with praise. Let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, singing love divine, all excelling.
Please be seated, and would the children and youth please come forward? Youth. All right, so. Um, you know, so yesterday I was really lucky because I got to go to a women's half-day retreat here, and I was really blessed by it, so I, I see some of the other gals here got to go too. And um, they were talking about how much God loves us. So I thought, well, heck, that's a good, you know, that's a good thing to talk about, and I think I want to share that uh, again because that's always a good thing to talk about how much God loves us. So I was going to talk about one scripture here that many people know by heart, but I'm going to have us go through it again. For those of us who don't know by heart, just to remind ourselves how much God really loves us. Okay, so um. Before I read this, I want everybody, that's I want everybody to think of something bad. Don't say that loud. Think of one or two things that you consider bad. What's bad? What's horrible? What's scary? Don't share, just tell, just think of it in your head. Okay, you got it? All right, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. How much God loves us. For in all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present or the future. Nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That kind of covers it, right? So the key phrase in there is anything else in all creation. Can we say that together? Anything else in all creation. That pretty much covers it, right? Let's say it again. Anything else in all creation. So if you believe that, all those things that you just thought of that were bad, horrible, ugly, nice, that's covered by anything else in all creation. Will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not because we're cool, not because we have the right clothes, not because we did something nice, not because we're us, but because of Jesus. First, right? Nothing else can separate us from his love. So that's pretty cool because we're covered under the anything else in all creation clause, right? That covers everything, right? So, kind of still right if you love, you know, any, everything else in all creation, that's a lot, okay? So that's the sobering part. And the good news. The good news also is, I don't know if this is too subtle for y'all, <laughs> but um, we're going to be teaching this to a bunch of kids here in summertime, July 11th through the 15th, we're going to be teaching kids that everything else in all creation, everything, 
separate us from God. God's love, Jesus' love. And we're going to be spreading that good news with all of you. So, if you want to be part of the good crowd, who's here in July, come and see me. And we'll help you spread the good news of anything else in all creation. Okay? Alright, so I'm going to be wearing stuff like this for the next few weeks. <laughs> it's just going to be a little subliminal reminder. Alright? Alright, so just let me know. It's a warning. Alright, can we pray? Together. Lord, we thank you for this good news. That nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing that we do, nothing that we've done, nothing that's coming up, the good or the bad. You tell us this because life isn't easy. It's not an easy thing. We're going to go through trials. We'll go through hard times. We're doing, sometimes we're going to have to work really hard. But nothing is going to separate us from you and your love. You've got us. You've got us no matter what. you made us special. you knit us together in our mother's womb. You know how many hairs we have on our heads. We're written in the palm of your hand. There is nothing that can separate us from your lavish love. A love that's unending that we can't even fathom. We can't even understand how big that love is. But Lord, we're going to try. And we're going to celebrate it. And it's your joy that gives us our strength to celebrate this and continue to celebrate with everybody we need. Help us to spread this news, your good news, to everyone we know. We thank you, Lord, that you give us you give us a way to do this. You give us a heart to do this. And you give us joy with this. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, band. That was beautiful. 
Blessed is the one whose sins are forgiven, whose transgressions are covered by the Lord. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Together, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in your refuge and strength through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. God's life-giving word and spirit have conquered the powers of sin and death. My friends, believe the good news. We are forgiven in Christ Jesus. Amen.
beautiful, beautiful. Thank you very, very much. We're in God, uh, the Gospel of John. We're in Red Letter May, studying the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Um, just a couple of reminders before I get to the text. John, one of Jesus' best friends, the last of the Gospel writers. He's written pretty much everything else. His epistles, first, second, and third John, and Revelation before he's written this gospel. So he's an older, wiser gentleman. He writes in simple Greek, which means it's written at a third grade level. Um, most of the other, other parts of the Bible are written at an eighth grade level. Hebrews is written at a college, university level. Um, but this is watch Jesus change the world. You know, you see Jesus walk up a hill. You know, like it's really simple, but it's deep and it's profound. And he puts all this stuff together and it all comes together beautifully. Um, the text this morning has some deep theology. And N.T. Wright says, uh, shallow love and shallow thinking often keep company. And I thought about that quote for a second, and I'm just thinking, that's true. I think that is true. And this morning, I'm calling you to, to think a little deeper. As he's coming into this text, he's just said to the 12, and they've missed it, that Judas is going to betray him. And then he, John picks up, Right after that, saying this. John chapter 13, I'm going to start in verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you. Only a little longer. You will look at me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. Simon said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I'm going, you cannot follow. You cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Very truly. I, tr- I tell you, before the, the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. This is the word of the Lord. There's a lot here, so I got it. But it's, everybody's heard this text, right? Good, because <laughs> it's going to be kind of on fast forward. Um, starts with, in two verses, he says five times, glory. 
Glory, glory, glory. He also says, son of man. This is the only time, this is the second time in the gospel of John that he's mentioned son of man. Son of man, anybody who's a follower of God or Hebrew knows he's talking about Daniel 7. I'm going to read since that isn't fresh on my mind. Is it fresh on your mind? Okay, me neither. So he's thinking of this. As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being, like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the ancient one and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kinship. Kingship, sorry. That all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that shall never be destroyed. What does that sound like? It does. A plus to whoever said that in the choir. You get a gold star. I think it was Marcia. Somebody have Marcy, sorry. What was I going to say? Oh, does anybody have a Mazda Miata that they can give Marcy? <laughs> because that's, that's what they... It's, he's picturing his second coming. But what else is he picturing? The cross. All, Jew, all, all the world of the, of the Jewish people thought when God was going to come in the form of a Messiah, it was going to be at once. It was going to be turn the tables over. Everyone's going to be put in their place and justice will reign. The Messiah will run, uh, like run this place like a Davidic king and his dominion will last forever. The dominion part is true. As you, if you've been around here, I've been talking about the second exodus. You've been probably sick of me saying it. But it is, it's, that's deeply rooted in this text. That's what he's talking about. He's picturing the cross and he's picturing and he's redefining what the kingdom of God looks like. And it ties in with all of his sermons. It ties in with all of his sermons about the kingdom of God, about how we're wheat among weeds, about how we are a part of this conspiracy, but we're not living in the kingdom triumphant yet. We're in the kingdom of God, which means Jesus is our Lord, but we're not in the time where the spirit wipe away every tear and there will be no more sorrow, and there will be no more suffering. I want to read a quote from Calvin. Calvin says this on this text, and he's talking about, um, yeah, I'll just read the quote. The glory of God shines indeed in all creatures, on high and below, but never more brightly than in the cross in which there was a wonderful change of things. The condemnation of all men was manifested 
sin blotted out, salvation restored to men. In short, the whole world was renewed and all things restored to order. We've been studying uh, Revelation as men of God on Wednesdays with the daytimers. And I think the primary purpose that John writes with to a persecuted church is to fill your mind with how it's going to end up. When, when Jesus returns the second time, returns. The purpose is to fill your, your whole being with the truth that the end is near. Like, and the, the ending will be so beautiful. And fill your mind so much that it casts out all the worries of these little trivial things of today. The grocery list, the worries about what people think of your outfit, the, all that stuff to be forced out with the beauty of Jesus returning. Anybody watch Survivor? Good. Finally, I got a, somebody right watches something other than me. Okay, <laughs> watching Survivor. There was I'm just watching the latest season, and it's raining. It's been raining for forty eight hours, and there's there's. There's, a, there's one person on the, uh, on, on the um, tribe or whatever. Yeah, I think it was Mike. Mike says, and he's, like a, he's a guy from Jersey, um, Hoboken, actually, the fresh mutts. Anyway, he, uh, he says, I can last because I know it's going to be over in a month. I got a couple more weeks, and I can see the end. And that means I can endure it. I can make it. And I think Jesus is going into, he's, he's coming up on Passion Week. And he's modeling for all of us, brothers and sisters. This world is really difficult. This day-to-day stuff is really painful. There's people dying of cancer. There's people dying of malnutrition. There's, all kinds of things are hitting the people I love, and they're hitting hard. And it's been the same. And Jesus is walking us through. This is how you do it. You get moments that are to be in your, in your soul to carry you th- through the moments of the present. And then, then he says, I got a new commandment. And actually, a better translation is a fresh commandment. Um, what's, the, what's the fresh commandment? Love one another. Right? Yes, duh. Right? Love one another. How are we doing? You give a five out of ten? Is that what you said? Generally speaking, five. First point out, in the Greek, this isn't a new commandment, right? The people have been told to love God and love others. That's the Shema, you know, that's the the Hebrew, you know. Um, 
the beginning, you know, there shall be no other God. Love your neighbor as yourself, that kind of thing. Say again. Worship God, yeah. But they're closely related. You know, they've always been closely related. How we love God tangibly out in this world is how you love people. That it's, there, there's a correlation. I said amongst our session a couple weeks ago, there's a direct correlation between how we love each other as a session and how effective we are at telling people that God loves them. If we aren't good, or if we don't love each other well, our, our words are hollow. Hollow is the best word. Are just puffs. Puffs of air. Um. Let me read this. Let's see if I need this later. The newness isn't so much a matter of never having words like this before. It's a matter of the mode of this love, the depth and the type of this love. Love one another in the same way, in the same way that I loved you. In the same way that I loved you. It sounds like the women who went to the half-day thing are a leg ahead of us, the rest of the congregation. Because it's firmly rooted and firmly grounded in how you understand you are loved by God. How are you with that? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't give myself a five. I'm not very good at sitting still and realizing the length and the depth and the, and the power behind the truth that God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son for the world in you. You. Do you understand that? Because I know as a 48-year-old man, actually, I'm not 48 yet. I've been telling people I'm 48, I'm 47. I'm 48 in June 4th. But as a 47-year-old man, I, it's, I, have, I can count on probably both hands the moments that I really realized that truth. What helps, what helps realize that truth, and there's different ways uh, of receiving that truth and, and basking in that truth, but my simplest is my son. That's my simplest connection with the truth that God absolutely adores me. Not on anything that I do, not on anything I don't do, simply because he made me. I think I've told it a million times, but it helps me 
get to the heart of this text. And it helps me get to the heart of this truth that's all over this thing. I'm so tired of everyone thinking that the God of this book is a judgmental jerk and a mean person and looking to catch us having fun and put a stop to it. That's the opposite. I remember when I, I saw Ezekiel for the first time and he was on that weighing station and the nurse said, this is the first time I've ever seen this. And he was on the weighing station. You're not supposed to be able to control your movements. You know, like you're a newborn. You just usually go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He rolled and he grabbed, he clasped the side of it and he was trying to climb out. He's minutes old. And I remember... I felt love for that kid in my toes. I can't explain how, but there was a whole... I thought I, had, I knew what love was, but then I saw him for the first time, and parts of me that I didn't know existed adored him. I wanted, my heart felt like it, was, it could explode. And I don't know why, but I felt like squeezing him until he exploded. That's, that's dark and dismal, but I just was like, ah, like I couldn't contain it. it. Times that, times infinite. And that's the f- father that this book describes. Terry in her, in her prayer mentioned, our hands are written on his hands. Our names, I mean, our names are written on his hands. The actual Hebrew is tattooed. God has your name tattooed on his hand. First of all, that's a huge hand. <laughs> because that's a lot of names. But second of all, that's you, Corey. That's you, Sam. Boom! Written on there. Sealed. And like Terry was saying, nothing, nothing created could get between it. I remember one time... I heard my son, we were in a mall, and my son had tripped. He, had, he was obviously going way too fast, and he ran way ahead. And he was amongst the crowd, and he fell. And I heard him go, ah, ah, you know, like the kids, they, they're crying. I guess, you know what, wailing. I remember, I was a large gentleman there. Uh, you know, I wasn't quite as large, but a little, it was like, I was in the Super Bowl, and the ball was loose, and I didn't care who was between me and that kid. They're going to get crushed, because I'm a large gentleman. I just went, and I was like, <laughs> and I, it, was, it was crazy. I went beast mode, but that's what God is. He's, when you're in danger, when you're afraid, he's just waiting, and he's just I got good news for you. If you feel far from God, God is omniscient and omnipresent. What does that mean? That means he's as close as you saying help. And so Jesus is saying, love as I have loved you in the same way And actually, a better translation is, have a heart. Have a heart for the people that 
are in your life the same as my heart is for you. And then Peter, Peter steps up to the plate. <laughs> I love Peter, right? Because I, I, just, I just picture myself in that place and just saying, what? You're going to be in danger? Where are you going? I want to go. I'm going to take, I want to go wherever you want to go. What, why can't I go? Because he doesn't know he's talking about the cross. And what does Peter say? I'll lay my life down for you, Jesus. That might be the most ironic statement in all of the Bible. Right? Peter's saying to the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the Messiah who's about to pay for all the sins of the universe, past, present, and future, I will lay down my life for you. <laughs> Look at that cocky. Look how arrogant. We saw the end of, other end of this a couple weeks ago, right? Remember? He gets redeemed, but right here, this is the moment that he needs to be redeemed from. And Jesus sees the irony. Okay, okay, Peter, you're going to lay down your life for me? <laughs> right? I, I think that's a joke. I honestly think Jesus looks at Peter and goes, seriously, dude? Seriously, you've been with me for three years. You don't really get it? You're going to lay down your life for me? And then he says, you're going to betray me. Not only are you not able to lay your life down for me, because that's pointless, that's ridiculous. You're not the king of kings, lord of lords. You're not the spotless lamb. But you're going to deny me three times. And right there, you just have to pause. You have to pause and realize the purposes of God, there's love and betrayal. There's glory and denial. And they're woven together. Life is messy. How do we apply any of this? One of them. You step into the shoes of Jesus and be overwhelmed with the glory of the coming events. Be overwhelmed by the unveiling of God's glory. Be overwhelmed by the vocation rushing towards us. Second, you are absolutely adored by God. He's crazy about you. He will knock down mountains. He will move heaven and earth to be with you. Receive that fresh. Receive that freshly this morning. Receive that freshly tomorrow. 
figure out ways to put that truth into your heart of hearts. Figure out ways to seal that on your soul. And then love deeply. We just sing, oh, how he loves us, right? Would you come back up here and just lead us a little bit in that? Just the, maybe just the chorus. And we'll, 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 we'll stand and sing the hymn afterwards. But these are the truths. And actually, let's stand in this. And can you put it on the screen? Just, oh, how he loves us. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Spirit, you do absolutely love us. As we sang it, what, 12 times? 18 times? That's nothing compared to how many times a day we hear from the worlds around us. Pointless messages, messages that pull us from this truth. I pray that you would fill us to the brim with the truth that you absolutely adore us, that we might be able to love like you loved us. And all God's people said, amen. So let's remain standing and sing the bond of love.
we continue in worship, we, we get a chance to participate by giving our tithes and offering in the adventure of receiving love and loving at this local outpost. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. And if you haven't done so, please pass the friendship pads located somewhere at the end of your pew. And there's tons of these wipes all in the hymnal. If you want to wipe off the friendship pad, wipe off your hands. Um, But this morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
Please be seated. This is the day the Lord has made, and we rejoice, and we are glad in it. Draw near to the Lord who is good, whose steadfast love endures forever. Let us now pray to the Lord, our Savior, the God of our salvation. Pray with me. Almighty God, we offer our prayers today through Christ, who is risen from the dead, who lives and reigns forever and prays for us in heaven. Through Christ, we pray for the church. Let us be people of joy, living witnesses to the power of the resurrection and the good news of your grace and peace. We pray for our congregation here that we may reflect your love in all we do. We pray for the deacons who will meet this week, that you lead and guide them as they attempt to follow in Jesus' footsteps, serving the people of this church and the community in love. Bless the works they do. Through Christ, we pray for our earth, We are very aware this week of the effects of the drought as we watch the devastating fire in Laguna Niguel. And there are other fires across western states. We pray for all the families displaced by these fires. Give them hope for the future. We pray for weather and climate conditions to change to conditions that are not conducive to fires. We pray so heartily for rain to water our very dry land. Help us to live safely within these settings, respecting the land. Through Christ, we pray for this community. We pray for the churches that they may reach out to the needs of this society, to their faith journeys and their physical needs. Show us how to bring your love to those in need. May the ministries of this church touch and change lives far beyond this building. Through Christ, we pray for the nations. We pray for the United States and the current conflict within the Supreme Court. Guide those justices in their decision-making that they may judge wisely and fairly, considering the needs of all the people in mind. We pray for the situation in Ukraine, the threats, the atrocities, the destruction of the country, and the devastation on the lives of the people. We pray for this land and its people. Give them the strength they need to continue this fight and give them the freedom to live as they desire. We pray for the defeat of the Russian army. Through Christ, we pray for our loved ones. Give hope to those who are ill. Turn sorrow into joy. Pray, we pray for Patty Ernest as she goes through six more weeks of chemo. We pray today for Dick Clark, 
that is recent treatment has the desired effect. We pray for Kay, dear, that she may be strengthened and encouraged and able to resume her chemo. And we pray for healing for all those that we name in our hearts. God of all power and glory, receive these prayers and continue your mighty work among us through Jesus Christ, our living Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I invite you to stand and sing one more hymn about love.
Thanks for coming this morning. And uh, also, I could just listen to Cornell play the organ all day long. <laughs> That's really soothing. Uh, got a couple people back from the East Coast. The Hartfords are here. And actually, uh, and he came back actually so we could embarrass him. It's his birthday. Uh, and there's also Olivia back there. She just recently did a, a birthday. Is that correct? Yeah, Rick's smiling. Yeah, I got it. Everybody say, just shout happy birthday on three. One, two, three. Happy birthday! Hey, love you, Keith. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> love you, Keith. Love you, Olivia. Thanks for coming this morning. Um, and hang out. There's donuts back there in the fellowship hall. But uh, for right now, receive this morning's benediction. May our Lord Jesus the Christ himself and God our Father who loved us And by his grace, gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Today, tomorrow, and forevermore, may it be so. Amen.